Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Hello and welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Eric Fisher. My co-host today is Kim Reynolds. This is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We cover the social media news that broke in the last few days. Speaking of the last few days, we were just at Social Media Marketing World last week, so there was no show. However, I got to meet so many of you watchers and listeners, and I want to say thank you to one in specific or particular, Jamie Savage. She listens to this show on the treadmill Monday mornings in podcast form. So, Jamie, as you're listening to this, I just got to say, keep pressing on and do that workout on the treadmill. It was great meeting you. Also, speaking of social media marketing world, if you weren't there, or you thought you missed out, you didn't. The virtual ticket is still available. You can grab it at smmw18.com. That's where you can get the recordings of all the sessions and get up to date. All the training is still up to date. It's literally a week old. I know things move fast and we've got tons of breaking social media news this week. However, it's still up to date. We'd love for you to not miss out. On today's show, we're going to explore the new YouTube live tools and features with Amy Landino, as well as some Facebook uh, messenger news that Kim is going to share. And with that, let's bring Amy up. Hey, everybody. How's Welcome it going? To the show. Hey. Happy to be here always. I feel so special that I am first after a social media marketing world. Like, it's like, oh my gosh, everybody's sort of like coming down from this high right now. Is that even possible? Uh, the high is going to last it's, for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. This weekend's going to be great, but the high is <laughs> still there. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So one of the things we were watching last week, even though I was in, the, we were all in the midst of doing stuff for social media market world at, the event all week long. We're there all week, not just the few days everybody's, you know, going crazy. But we're seeing this news drop of, you know, YouTube live video tools. And I'm like, all right, we got a show next week. Who should we ask? And then I bumped into you and I'm like, well, Amy, <laughs> of course it's Amy. It's you you here. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what do you think of this news? Let's, let's lay this out. Like there's a lot of little pieces here. So let's just walk through piece by piece and talk about like what it is and then kind of what impact it has for people that are primarily doing either YouTube live or chat, you know, this chat replay thing, all this stuff. It's pretty cool actually. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think this is just a big indication once again that YouTube is continuing to make the live streaming experience for those users who do enjoy using YouTube for the fact that you can live stream there and, of course, have that video live on as an archive item in your channel that could potentially bring you views for a really long time. That being said, there's a lot of features that we're kind of missing, right? One point of contention that uh, specifically I'll bring up as a YouTube creator, it's kind of weird, right, when you go live and you've got 
all this chat activity that could potentially be going on. And it just kind of disappeared before. Uh, and it's not counted as normal comments. They're not considered normal comments. So now we do have this live chat replay, which is really fantastic because it can be kind of hard to follow along with a live stream if the creator did a good job of talking to the community that was there real time when you're watching on replay. So during that replay experience, being able to feel like you were really a part of the original stream is kind of important for the integrity of why it needs to be super engaging the way that live streams need to be. So this is interesting. I did talk to a couple of other social media marketing world speakers who have had experience with this feature since it rolled out, Roberto Blake and Tim Schmoyer. Mm -hmm. And they did let me know that they had a little bit of difficulty with this feature showing up because they made adjustments to the stream after. Um, and so I, there may be some glitchiness there that's not going to work out, but it also kind of makes sense because let's say you trim down a stream or you change the, the length of it in any way or do something to edit it. Now that chat replay isn't going to be a verbatim match to that stream. So I think there's some issue with the actual feature working in some cases like that. But for the average person that's streaming, this is a really great thing for those replay opportunities and having the audience that watches later feel uh, like they're there for the live one. Yeah. So in other words, you watch the replay later and it feels like the comments are happening live for you yeah. as well. I, I get the thing you're talking about where if you edit the video, it's almost like if you edited the video portion of something you're working on editing wise, but you didn't touch the audio at all. Right. So then it's it kind of right. overlaps or crosses over and it doesn't Everything make sense anymore. Everything has to match up. Yeah. Just like that's why also this live chat isn't considered comments because they're not really comments. They're they're basically words on certain areas of the timeline of this entire stream. So everything really has to match up. And that's I, I can see why that might start popping up as an issue. But nonetheless, on an average basis, this is a really great feature to have. And quite frankly, one that should have been around from the start. Yeah, I like this. It's pretty cool. I mean, again, Absolutely. to be able to have to be able to have a replay feel more live, I guess, is mm -hmm. what they're going for. Right. Definitely. Definitely. It makes you feel like you didn't miss out. Yeah. So then they've also added auto captioning, mm -hmm. which I know Facebook has for really a while. Kind of crazy, but awesome. I mean, captioning is so important because there's a lot of people who are watching YouTube who may or may not speak your language and still want to see your content. So captioning is very important across the board on YouTube. But if you can imagine watching your favorite creator who maybe doesn't speak your language um, fluently, or they just have a harder time hearing what you're saying or following what you're saying and need captions for that. Uh, this auto captioning thing for the live stream experience of those live viewers is just fantastic. So so they're basically using live automatic speech recognition technology to be able to pull these captions in in real time with your live stream, which YouTube has already gotten uh, their ducks in a row in terms of auto captioning for normal uploads. But this is very new and potentially catastrophic and exciting all at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, auto captioning or or captions gone wrong is probably not the greatest thing to have happen. But again, if it's this, I'm just going to say it, this laser technology, that's the acronym, right? Live mm -hmm. automatic speech recognition. It's basically captioning as you're live, which is honestly really cool. Mm -hmm. It yeah. is. It's really cool. So I, I think this is going to be great for the live stream experience as well. I know just 
the average person who watches my channel who may not be prepared for how fast I talk likes captions for a lot of these reasons. So um, I think this is going to be a great thing for live streams. Yeah, very cool. I like this a lot. Actually, I might watch some more lives on YouTube uh, with this feature turned on. I like I like watching shows with the captions turned on. So Mm -hmm. I'm a nerd. Yeah, I agree. Totally. (laughs) Uh, Location tags. What is this? Why do we need it? I know there's a couple of other features that have been integrated into live streaming on YouTube as well. One of them is location tab with tagging, which is kind of like, oh yeah, why didn't that exist before? Because YouTube is such an amazing platform for being discovered as a creator or an uploader of content that it made sense that we be able to find things on a location basis. So you're basically going to be able to tag where you are when you are live streaming which is great because now you're also as a viewer going to be able to find other live streams that may have happened in that same area, whether it's a specific location or just a general um, city. And uh, however it was tagged, you can find other relevant videos in that area. So I think this is a an interesting but definitely cool improvement for live streams uh, over, across the board on YouTube. Definitely making more people potentially discoverable, especially if you go to a location that people want to learn more about. Travel vloggers I can think of and maybe be discovered by people who are thinking, hmm, do we want to go on vacation there? Let's look into it. Let's find some videos of people who visited and maybe live streamed their experience. What do you think the benefits are for, say, local uh, businesses using location tags? Absolutely huge. Because if you think about how much easier as that location, it's going to be to um, actually find content that was created where you are. That's actually more difficult to find right now, unless the actual search terms of that location were perfectly entered by the creator. You know, I could have gone to a restaurant down the street, but not necessarily knew exactly what the name was and therefore didn't put it in the title of the video or the tags of the video, but being able to live stream and tag the location because it's just a field you fill in, I can see this to be a lot easier for brick and mortar or any location to be able to say, hey, we have some user-generated content here that we can really um, leverage. Yeah. This next one, this this super chat thing. Yeah. Uh, this, this one is weird. This one feels <laughs> a little stalkerish, right? It's, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a little, it's a little bit, I don't know how to, ex- I don't even have a word for it yet. So let me just explain what it is. Yes. Uh, super chat. And, and, uh, and again, I'm really trying to get an understanding of this because some of these things are not really rolled out. It's kind of hard to understand, but super chat, as we know, is, uh, basically an opportunity for creators to be able to, um, not just have a more interactive experience with their viewers in a live stream, but actually get, paid by viewers for their live for for any satisfaction whatsoever. So if I've gone live before, somebody might super chat me a couple dollars here or there just because they love what I'm doing. Um, Essentially, what they're doing is attaching super chat to real life events. And the examples they gave here were interesting, right? Lights, pet feeders, and confetti cannons. I don't know. What's your reaction when you read something like that? When I read that, I think, well, I mean, the lights, I can think, you know, hey, vote with this light or that light. You know, what should I do next when you're live? But like a pet feeder, it's like, are you just going to leave a live camera on going and just let your viewers, your super chat viewers, like feed your pet while you're gone or something? I don't get that. 
Right. And it's like, what if you overfeed the pet? And right. then what if you Oh, geez. I, I don't think know about if that. I want to leave that that fate. So so it's interesting. The confetti cannon thing is where it kind of all comes together, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, yeah, we want more more cowbell, more confetti cannon, yeah. right? And so being able to do that as the audience, it's interesting to me. I think you probably have to have quite the production going on to really understand the gravity of what these 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 integrations could be to enhance your live stream and make it feel like your audience is actually there with you and able to kind of be a part of how it all goes. Um, but just very interesting that this is integrated into IFTTT, if this, then that. Um, and I, I, I think we're going to see some very interesting streams because of this feature. Yeah. If for some reason it takes off, which I have a feeling it might. It may be crazy, but there's definitely a big wide open space for creativity to happen in that. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. A, definitely a creative feature. <laughs> Something we haven't seen quite yet. Yeah. Uh, so then YouTube Studio, which used to be known as what? Creator Studio. That's updated mm-hmm. now as well. Absolutely. And so this has been in beta YouTube studio. Um, and it is currently, if you actually have access to this and turn it on in the back end of your YouTube channel as a creator, you'll notice that it's YouTube studio and it is in beta. Um, it's actually a much nicer back end to look at than your usual Creator Studio. But that being said, if you're used to Creator Studio, you kind of know where all the bells and whistles are. And and also, this new design doesn't have every single panel redesigned yet. So you'll notice there's a missing features tab on the left there. And that's where some things are going to be hiding that don't quite look like this yet. But the nice thing is that we are going to have a much more visually compelling studio back here. And you can really get a synopsis or an overview much more quickly than with the sort of messy sidebar that we had before. Um, but the biggest thing I think that's a part of this is the new metrics that yes. we are going to get. Um, I could care less really what the back end <laughs> looks like. I mean, it's fine. I couldn't care less really. Um, but the new metrics are just mind blowing because as a teacher of YouTube, I've always said to people, you know, when you're talking about being a YouTube creator, you're not just talking about making great video and having people stay tuned to that video. They have to click on it and watch before you can even get that far. And when you are doing that, you have to share an image that is compelling with a, with a title that is compelling. So the new metrics are really going to start to help people measure how successful they've been with their custom thumbnails and their titles of their videos. Because now we're going to have things like impressions. What you're seeing here, here is what would be counted as an impression. This is the homepage of YouTube that is being blurred out here. And what they're pulling is that top content that you would be served up as a viewer. And you're looking at thumbnails and titles. How many views do they have? What creators made those videos? These could be anything. The homepage is a hodgepodge of your watch activity, not just who you're subscribed to. But an impression is when you actually see this for the first time, just as you would any other impression, something on your Twitter feed, something on your Facebook feed. So simply by seeing a thumbnail image and a title, that's going to be counted as an impression, which is just 
really, really big because of the next one. And also you can see the differentiation at the bottom. If you don't have a full picture of the thumbnail, it won't be counted as an impression. There's some scrolling there that needs to happen. The next metric that's super important is sort of this next step. If someone sees that video, they have, they have impressed something on that video and then they decide to watch it. Now we're talking about a click-through rate. And based on impression, what is the click-through? So let's say you like that first video at the top left, you see it, there is an impression, you click on it, that goes into your click-through rate. So being able to see how many click-throughs come from how many impressions is a really great way to test quickly how well did you do with that thumbnail? How many people saw it and just did not care when they were served it up on the home screen? This is a massive insight into how YouTube is deciding whether or not to show you off to people or not. I can tell you right now, I'm going through sort of like a a, a, a big growth on my YouTube channel at the moment. And it has a lot to do with the homepage. People who YouTube has decided, we think based on what you've been watching that you will like this video and maybe this creator, but definitely this video. And because that video is doing well on home screens, just sort of algorithmically getting served up, not because they've subscribed, not because maybe they've even seen me before. It's just showing up. That impression to click through situation is indicating to YouTube, oh, we might want to throw her on some more home pages. And as you increase this percentage here, and as you are more successful, YouTube is going to show you off even more. So these metrics are so important for that reason. I know it just sounds like, oh, it's just more impressions, more this, more that. But this is literally how YouTube makes the decision to flip the switch on a channel and get it in front of more people. And so this is just vitally important to pay attention yeah, to. Th this is a whole um, other group of analytics nobody's nobody's been talking about on YouTube. I mean, up till this point, it's basically been exactly. talking about watch time, right? Exactly. And watch time is super important. But again, if you never get anyone to click on your video, you your watch time is in that vacuum only of mm -hmm. people who did in fact click on it. So let's say you have 100 subscribers, but you might only be getting 10 impressions because you just don't have the rapport with all 100 subscribers. So you might be mad at 100 people, but you should really only be looking at the 10 that saw it in the first place. So again, watch time has to do with once they click play. There is a whole different psychology of marketing that happens before that point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and up till this point, again, we had no way of doing anything about that other than trying to basically guess and have, you know, great exactly. thumbnails. And that's it. And, and, and you can A-B test and you can get to know your previous thumbnails and titles and things that have worked. But again, that's the long and hard way. I mean, this is going to be a great way to skip a couple of steps. Sure. I think the, the last metric I want to mention is unique viewers, which is also very interesting. Because again, everyone likes to look at the subscriber metric. And that's really all they have to base, you know, how big is my audience? But the reality is that may not be how many unique viewers you have. You may have 100,000 subscribers, but how many of people of those people subscribed, you know, 10 years ago and maybe haven't been around in the last five years? So really understanding what your unique viewership is going to be very interesting because you can take a look at this estimated number of people who are your true unique viewer, viewers and look at that number versus how many subscribers you have. Dig into that number, look at their demographics, look at their uh, preferences of what types of videos they've been watching lately. Which videos have you been posting that haven't been landing with your unique viewers? Because you should be going all in on what your unique 
viewers, the people who have been enjoying and engaging with you lately and going hard on that so you can have more success replicate in the future. So this is really big. Unique viewers is going to provide a lot of insight on people who think subscribers is the only important metric to show off on YouTube because that's a big misconception. Totally. And and again, that's an an age old, as far as social media, age old. What's that mean? But vanity metric, basically. Yeah, so absolutely. Th- this is a whole new world of analytics and metrics to be digging deeper into on YouTube. I can't wait to see what you do with that. Amy, thank you for being here and making us more aware of this. Where can people find you so they can follow you as you dig deeper? Well, absolutely. You can um, come find out pretty much anything I'm doing on YouTube, youtube.com slash Amy TV. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Awesome. Thank you for Amy, being here. Amy, thanks so much for being here. That was awesome. Uh, I just got to say, like, my mind just kind of opened up a little bit more. There's so much like there's so much analytical data as far as the impressions. Uh, And and again, like I said, and, and what she was illuminating us to is the fact that, like, this is a whole new brand new world. Like we were so we were so focused in on watch time and we weren't focusing in on this. So, again, Amy, thank you so much. Um, yeah, that was very, very informa- informational. Yes. Very uh, informational. Very helpful. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> you can catch Amy's sessions at Social Media Marketing World by going to smmw18.com and grabbing the virtual ticket. She spoke on YouTube and a number of things. She was even on the live stage, by the way, guys, which that was a great yeah. experience. But uh, again, great. the virtual ticket, you're not too late to grab it. Go to Social Media Marketing World uh, 2018's site to grab it at smmw18.com. And Kim, next up, we've got a bunch of stuff coming through the pipeline for Facebook Messenger. So let's yes, break this down. We do. Facebook's Messenger has added new customer interaction tools. And what's really interesting about this is with the launch of Messenger Platform 2.3 versus 2.2, Facebook has rolled out several new new tools that will make customer interactions on websites more seamless, intuitive, and enjoyable than ever before. So there's a number of updates included in this. And first of them is quick replies. And I believe that's what's being shown here is here... um, you know, this person sends a message, they're looking to upgrade their phone and the company answers back. Great. We have your email. Well, Facebook is going to automatically populate that message with your email. And if you have more than one email address, it's going to give you the option of which email to quick reply with, which is, I think, really helpful. And it'll also do the same thing. Yeah, it'll do the same thing with phone numbers too. So that's really neat. And also there are new message tags. And if you know what tags are, tags are a way to respond to customer actions and send messages for specific use cases beyond the 24-hour window stated in Messenger platform policy. So as you know, you can only respond to somebody within 20, 24 hours. That's the, the cutoff. After 24 hours, you can't you can't reach out to them. Well, there are specific use cases like um, customer service, uh, help inquiries, etc. You can now tag messages with that and you can go beyond that 24-hour window. This does not in any way apply to promotional messages, but for customer service related type messages, you can use those tags. And another update they included is two new messaging insights in the API for metrics. And the the messaging um, the messaging metrics that are going to be available are one how many 
open messaging conversations um, are go are going on between your page and people in Messenger. So the total number of open conversations between your page and people in Messenger. And the second metric is new messaging conversations. The number of conversations that were initiated by people who had never messaged with your page before. So you've got the total number of conversations and the number of new, which would be the equivalent of a unique conversation, sure. new conversations. So that's great information, you know, and information that prior to this has not been available. And Facebook has also, with this update to Messenger Platform 2.3, Facebook has also expanded the customer chat plugin capabilities to include an easy setup tool, persistent menu support, in-browser user notifications, and more. And I'll explain some of these quickly. The easy setup tool is basically to help simplify customization. They created a tool to walk businesses and developers through available customizations, including generating that snippet of code that you need to place on your website to bring up the the chat tool on your site. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, because a lot of people are very intimidated by the idea of creating a chat bot. And even with great tools like ManyChat out there, it's still it's still a big process. So this new setup tool is going to simplify that customization, specifically when you want to have the uh, the messenger on your website. Um, the next the next uh update that they did was to notifications. So once a person starts to chat with your business, they'll be notified when your business responds by badging the messenger icon with a red dot, as well as triggering a notification sound and page title change. The persistent menu means that businesses can now incorporate the persistent menu from their existing messenger experience into customer chat so that people can access it at any point during their conversation. And the last thing that they've done is support for Internet Explorer because we all know how important Internet Explorer is. So are people still using, using that? Inter- Apparently, <laughs> they feel the need to offer support and to let it be known that there will be support. Yeah. So, so that's actually a, a lot of updates that they've done in this new this new rollout of the uh, Messenger platform 2.3. So. I've only seen a few websites that incorporate the messenger chat on the site, but there's something geeky about me that loves the ability to, to be able to send a message on someone's website and then get a response within messenger. I like the connectivity of it all. I love. So very cool. And, and I remember, I mean, again, earlier this year, there wasn't just all the the announcements of Facebook's changing their algorithm. There was then the messenger side of things where messenger where the guy that was the head of messenger had a big old Facebook post and saying, look for lots of stuff coming out from messenger this year. So this is we're starting right. to see it, right? Yeah. And actually, this that's just one aspect of this uh, Facebook messenger segment. There's yeah. actually two more. We've got a lot of messenger. This, news, th- so. That was like, what, one third of it. So let's keep going. One third of it. Okay. So Facebook is testing a messenger chatbot alternative. And it's um, a new tool called Messenger Broadcasts. And it was actually spotted in late November 17, but now they're they're rolling out with testing to more people. And this it the tool is free to use but it's going to eventually evolve into a paid product and limit the number of messages that can be broadcast just to 
avoid spam. But TechCrunch reports that the Messenger Broadcast Composer, which allows companies to blast a message to anyone who's already started a conversation with them in Messenger, is now being tested among a small percentage of pages in the US, Mexico, and Thailand. So this is what this is, is if if you had a Messenger bot that you've created and you use a tool like ManyChat, you can send out a broadcast to all of your Messenger subscribers. Well, Facebook is now creating a tool called Messenger Broadcast Composer, which is going to let you bypass using a third-party tool like ManyChat. And it's going to let you broadcast directly within Messenger to all of your subscribers. And um, if case you don't know who your subscribers are, you can set up a custom audience in Facebook ads, a custom audience of everyone who's engaged with your messenger within the uh, Facebook ads platform. So and, that's how and, you set up your audience. And we've talked about this in the past, at least the the previous iteration the, where you were using a third party. And just to remind people like this is almost and correct me if I'm wrong, Kim, because you know more about this than me. This is almost mm-hmm. like. Every time somebody chats with your page, they almost in a way become a, quote, possible subscriber to like if if this was the metaphor, the blast is like your email newsletter. You know what I mean? Like being able you, you gain the ability to be able to basically send that broadcasted mass message to all those different people that have messaged your page. Exactly. And, um, the, you know, the great thing about this, if you're a small business, you don't have any coding skills, um, you can, you know, choose a subset of people who've messaged you and hit them with your, your text blast. So, you know, you write up a title, you write up your body touch, add an image, select a call to action, and then you can just send that out. And then you can also suggest replies for people to respond with when they reply to your, Message. So there's a lot of really neat stuff coming in Messenger. And then a little bit of Messenger light news. Okay. So Facebook has introduced video chat to Messenger light. And Messenger light, if you don't know what that is, it's the lighter version of Messenger for Android. And it's it's useful for older phones and people with slower internet connections. And you get all of the core messaging capabilities like you can text, you can send photos, you can send links and audio calls. But now you can also have face-to-face conversations with video chat. And so this is now available on mobile, on the web and Twitter light app. Very cool. And, and that's remember. and that's out now? That's that's out now and it, but it's Android only. Okay, so Messenger Lite is Android only. Gotcha. Yep. Very yep. cool. Well, that's a lot. That's a lot of Messenger news. That and, is a lot of Messenger. And we're just news. into we're just into March. Like where where is Messenger going to go during the course of the rest of this year? You can only imagine, right? I, I, in fact, I wish that I could imagine better because I would definitely be telling <laughs> clients and friends and everybody what to do to jump on board quicker. But um, yeah, it's I think it's pretty exciting. I just I love that I love having the messenger, the messenger chat available on websites and because it's getting to the point where you really can just have one centralized location to deal with your audience and it's Facebook. Yeah, well, and that's what they want, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for that great update. That was really cool. So oh, you're welcome. Uh, so we got more news. So Twitter last week, while we were busy doing social media marketing world, uh, added some bookmarking tools and sharing options. And this kind of 
when I was looking into this, it, it reminded me of and, and I honestly didn't think about it too hard, but I, I was thinking of the fact that, like, remember when it used to be a star that was on all the tweets and mm-hmm. it kind of meant you liked it, but it also kind of meant you bookmarked it and people used it right. for different things. There was triggers through if this, then that I had, I mean, I had stuff set up where it was like, and if this, then that rule where if this Twitter account uh, stars, any tweets, those get sent to my email to then a certain folder, et cetera. Anyways, Twitter has not only switched from that star to a heart to indicate um, liking something, a while ago, I think we're talking a year to two years ago now, but now they have added a share icon on every tweet and three new ways to share content uh, and save things that you want to explore later. So and, and I, the reason I brought up the star to heart change was because in the past, Twitter and we we talked about it on the show. In fact, mm-hmm. I remember. Um, yeah. Twitter users and we were polling them, they were saying, you know, we sometimes find it hard to favorite something, uh, favorite a tweet because it almost indicates liking the tweet when really all you wanted to do was bookmark it to come back to it later. And this new addition allows you now to save a tweet to come back to it later, to add it to your Twitter bookmarks that are, it's almost like the save feature inside of Facebook. It doesn't affect, you know, you don't have to like the post to then come back to the post. You can save the post. And that's what Twitter's done here. What do you think of this? I think, I think it's great because there's sometimes there's tweets that you don't want to like per se, because maybe you don't really like what it has to say. And so now there's a way to save it, to go back and read it without doing this public affirmation of the tweet because it really could be something that you're diametrically opposed to but you want to read about it yeah so i think it's a great addition and something else that just occurred to me is sometimes when i'm going through twitter and yes i do sometimes once in a while just scroll through twitter uh i'm human uh or i am a marketer too um (laughs) (laughs) i didn't mean to say that humans and marketers aren't the same thing anyway uh scrolling through once in a while, I will see a tweet from somebody I'm not following. And you know why I see it? Because somebody I am following liked it. They favorited it. They mm-hmm. hit the heart button. And so yeah. because they did that, then I see it. Well, that's going to change now because I think some people are going to probably add less engagement to tweets. They're going to uh, save it instead of liking it. Although now that means that that like means even more because you're intentionally saying, uh, you know, you know, like, in other words, you're hat tipping that this is good content. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I've always had an issue with being able to come back to stuff that I've favorited or liked and actually going through it. Now, if I have just right. a certain amount of bookmarks that I'm going to test or look at, that's that's a whole other thing. So I think this is pretty cool. I think it's very cool. And then next, hopefully, they'll come out with a way to sort all of your bookmarked <laughs> items and put them in collections. And yes. that will be just like Facebook. Yes, I, I agree. And 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 Instagram, for that matter, because we've, had, we've got the ability to throw, uh, you know, bookmarked um, images and or posts on Instagram now for months and probably even like a year, something like that. It was last year that when that came out and you can you can actually collect those into different groups. So. Yeah, I don't know. Um, One other thing, though, and and I should share this is that they've that share button also that share icon, which is like, you know, kind of like a half a box and an arrow kind of shooting out, which kind of is 
kind of a standard for sharing these days. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows you to share it in other ways as well. It's not it doesn't just say uh, save to bookmarks. You can also share it in, um, you know, messages or other different types of uh, methods or even DM it. So it's right. very cool. Um, another Twitter update is that Twitter is now going to notify users as they are mentioned in group direct messages. Now, I don't do a lot of group direct messaging on Twitter. That is just not something yeah. I'm aware of in, in my mind. I do, it, that's just not an option I choose. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Right. Um, but Twitter is now going to they, – they've, they've announced that they're going to um, let – People in those direct messages receive notifications if they're mentioned during that conversation. So if somebody is, you know, you're going back and forth in a group DM and you at mention somebody in that, they will now have the ability to receive uh, notifications in that way. So I guess this is a good thing for people who are heavily into group messages uh, in DM form on Twitter. I'm not, but I'm sure there are people out there that that are so. Otherwise, yeah. they wouldn't have thought this is a great feature to roll out. So there right. you go. It must have been requested, you'd think. <laughs> you'd think. I know one other feature that I'm not going to mention that's more requested than any other feature on Twitter right now, but we will skip that and move on. Okay. <laughs> oh, now you got me curious. Okay. <laughs> edit button. Okey-dokey. Edit so, button. Oh, edit. Oh, yes. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes. That'd be awesome. So. Uh, okay. So we've got some Facebook ad news. And this is pretty exciting here. Um, let me get to the, what the actual news is here. So Facebook has rolled out a new type of dynamic ad for travel called trip consideration ads. And how this works is Facebook knows that people are interested in travel because of pages they like, posts they read, et cetera, et cetera. So Facebook is basically deducing intent based on page viewership. And what they're doing is allowing advertisers to help reach, help reach or helping travel advertisers reach people who have expressed intent to travel, but haven't decided where to go. So, I mean, if you think about this, this is way, way, way top of the funnel. I mean, (laughs) very interesting in that people have, have thought to themselves and Facebook has practically read their mind that, hey, I'd like to go somewhere. I don't know where I want to go. And Facebook is now giving travel advertisers the ability to start giving people suggestions to showcase flight information, hotel deals, popular destinations, and encouraging them to book their next vacation. So it's really, it's really trippy to me that, that Facebook has figured out intents now and they are going to deliver ads based on intent that you haven't even necessarily specifically uh, verbalized or written on the platform yeah. just from what you've looked at. So um, the other part about this is that it's very heavily mobile optimized. And she said that uh, she the writer in Adweek said that um, Facebook had a travel. Christine Warner said that according to Facebook's research, 43 days pass between the decision to travel and the decision on where to go. So people are spending more time travel planning on their mobile devices and demanding personalization. So from inspiration to booking, mobile has become more important. And how this works is if for any of my ad friends out there that run ads, it's set at the ad set level. So first of all, you create your campaign and you choose your objective as 
conversion. Then you go to the ad set level and down when you scroll down after budgeting and all that and it says optimization for ad delivery, you can toggle if you have it and you may not yet, but you toggle a little button that says prioritize delivery to people who plan to travel. So this is all very inception-like and really kind of cool. Yeah. Well, it, it's no more different than, you know, seeing when I'm scrolling through uh, my Instagram, um, you know, ads for stuff that I looked at on Amazon, you know, which yeah. happens often. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I just, is I just, just think it's really the, cool that. Yeah. Yeah. They're just getting you before you've even figured out where to go. It's not like you've already decided you want a pair of Nikes and you start seeing Nike ads. They're literally getting you before you even decided where and their Facebook is helping you form that destination decision. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And um, there's more. All right. So the next news, Facebook is experimenting with marketplace ad placement. So this is something I actually discovered. I was creating an ad for something else. And then voila, it pops up and says, show your ads in Facebook Marketplace. Reach people who are already looking for goods and services by adding the Marketplace placement. And sure enough, if you go down on Facebook, Marketplace is now a checkbox. So I imagine if you are an e-commerce store and you're selling products, this might be something that you you want to check. I don't I don't know how sophisticated it is as far as can you pick um, like a category of products or is Facebook going to figure that out on their own and automatically stick it in a category on Marketplace or um, if it's going to show it in Marketplace just at your location. So there's a lot of questions that aren't answered yet regarding that, but it is a new placement and kind of exciting. Well, and to be clear, this is uh, found in the wild, so it's not um, something confirmed yet other than some people have seen it and we've seen screenshots so right yeah so very cool but there you have it and that's it yeah so in other news so uh there's been a lot of talk lately about a lot of different things that instagram is going to or is testing to to release and a lot of it is stuff that is buried inside of the instagram um application itself there are files in there that reveal icons for call or video call type features and so and if you're familiar with this often that those files are unreleased features that are they're basically laying dormant inside of an app until a uh, you know until they decide to flip the switch and so you, you on your phone right now may have features that you don't even know that instagram has not even turned on is is kind of the the way to look at it and a lot of people are talking about this that that basically they're, they're instagram has not shared any details officially about any kind of in-app video or voice calling, but people who've dug into the technical aspect or the digging of the, the again, that APK, that uh, application package, they're seeing these things in there and they're saying, whoa, hold up. They're in there. It's kind of baked into the app, but not live yet. So uh, that's one thing that may or may not be coming sooner rather than later. We'll, we will see. Uh, another aspect is a portrait camera mode and what a portrait camera portrait mode would look like would be basically improving your photos uh, through blurring the background and giving you lighting options uh, like a lot of 
more updated phones have uh, somewhat built into their cameras now, this would be able to do that uh, through the Instagram camera. That'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah. It'd be probably in the Instagram camera, just like how like Zoop, Super Zoom or Boomerang or other different versions of the Instagram camera have been um, rolled out. So like with an iOS phone and Apple phone, you have portrait mode where you can get that, you know, that nice face and mm-hmm. the blurred background. And this is for this APK is for Android. So is this is that just not a feature of Android phones? And maybe this is Instagram's way of adding that feature to them. I know that. Well, so speaking, you've caught me at a, a moment of weakness. I don't know a lot about Android okay. phones. I know that the Pixel yeah. has some stuff that can do similar things. Uh, I know that. If you don't have the top of the line, the iPhone 10, you can't do portrait like front facing like it's you're holding the phone and you're mm-hmm. looking at it. You can turn the phone oh. around. My phone does that. I have the the eight plus. But again, uh, being able to maybe bake some of that portrait mode yeah. stuff in uh, front or rear facing camera wise into the Instagram app uh, would be interesting. I'd be interested in seeing that for sure, especially oh, so would I. Instagram is all full of selfies. I'm that's a general, oh, yeah. generalization alert, but yes. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to, to see what they do with that. So I agree. Um, but then there's more Instagram news. So they're also testing new ways to save. Speaking of saving and bookmarking things, yeah. uh, the next web has reported that Instagram is currently experimenting with new ways to organize bookmark and save your content and data. One of those abilities is the ability to star a chat, uh, which makes it a favorite and makes it easy to reference in the future. I actually really like this because, uh, again, Jeff C. and I have done a lot of interaction on the private channel, the the DMs side of things in the social media examiner Instagram account uh, at Instagram.com slash SM examiner plug. And <laughs> and and. Uh, Starring some of those to be able to come back to more easily would really be helpful, I think, because there are certain ones that are ongoing and it's like you got to swipe up and down and scroll to find them. So there you go. Um, what well, and if other... you could sort by star, it'd yes. be nice too. Yes, the, yeah. The, the 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 ability to do that would be really really helpful. Yeah. Um, one of the other things they're saying is is having the ability to download all your data from the Instagram servers. Which this is interesting to me. I don't know. Uh, you know, it basically be the data that includes all your photos and the information you've added to your profile and more. Again, none of this is confirmed, but is uh, been talked about a lot. So we figured, well, let's let's give you a quick update on that found in the wild by Mari Smith and out of all of our all of our wilds and and stuff today this is one I'm most excited about because <laughs> it's really so cool um, Facebook boost button has rolled out to groups so Mari found this and um, we have a ton of, of like little pictures here to go through so this one um, shows the reach statue it's kind of covered up here it says 20 people reached now um and boost button shows up inside of a group post and this this is one of mari's groups called facebook business briefing with mari smith and so it shows here okay 20 people were reached boost it and so they're encouraging her to boost this and when you boost you get different options you can uh you can optimize this boost for link clicks because you want more people to click the links. You can optimize for engagement, likes, comments, shares, and you can also 
optimize to get people to chat with you and not just on Facebook Messenger. Also, you can add a WhatsApp button. So in a Mari had talked about this a lot at Social Media Marketing World, the importance of WhatsApp. And we keep adding WhatsApp news in. Mm -hmm. But if you're outside of the United States, WhatsApp is a big, huge deal. And so this, um, the fact that they baked this right into the boosted posts, WhatsApp into the boosted posts in groups is pretty important. So pay attention. Yeah. And let's put cells here. So you can set your budget now. Well, this is also very interesting because Mario is saying that her group has 800 people in it. And this is letting her boost to up to 24,000 people with a $50 boost, which means that this boost is going outside of her group. So this isn't like you're just boosting a post within the group so that more group members can see it. No, this, this post, this boost is going outside of the group, which could potentially bring in more people to the group, you know, bring um, more awareness to your group, yeah. which is really awesome, um, you know, especially depending on what kind of group you have, if you're looking to grow that group. I wonder, And do, do you see where it says lower down below, it says run this promotion on Instagram and that's toggled to say yes. So I'm wondering if yes. that's what's being incorporated to this audience. It very well could be because yes, you can run this on Instagram and right here is what it looks like. Okay. And so, um, no, the, I'm sorry, this is the mobile ad preview, but we do have an Instagram preview. Here we go. Here's Instagram preview. So with the Instagram preview, it shows Mari Smith. It doesn't say the name of her group like it does. If you notice here on this one, on this mobile preview, you get the name of the page and the group on Instagram. You just get the name of the page. But um, this is, I mean, that's some really exciting stuff Pretty and you also yeah and you get to change the button your call to action button here so that's learn more is toggled but you you know do a whatsapp message directions message sign up shop now book now or no button at all so you get a lot of different call to action buttons to choose from i think that was ah and you even get insights which is amazing so you if you click on the the little thing that says how many people are reached, like hers, it said 20 people are reached. Click on that and then it will bring up insights on that post, whether you've boosted it or not, which is, I guess, the same on your business page. And I think that is that is it. Yeah, so that is, that is it. And um, so I want to make sure here that I've gotten all of the, the main points. But um, let me see, Instagram placement. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we've covered everything in this. There's just so much in this, in this little mention, yeah. there's so much that you can do with this boost post for a group. And I know all of you marketers out there with groups are probably thinking now, okay, what how can do I, I do? To how do I get my hands on this? Cause again, this is another exactly. one where Mari found it and she walked through and took all those screenshots and were incredibly thankful to her. But again, there's no official word as uh, this coming out just yet. So yeah. One other, one other little note on this is that this particular group is linked to Mari's business page. So we don't know, is that a requirement requirement? Are you more likely to have this feature if you're, your group is linked to your page? We don't know that yet, but uh, you know, or it could just be completely coincidental. Right. Okay. Very cool. Uh, so in other wild news, Facebook, we, we have an image here uh, found by our own Michael Stelzner. Um, 
which is an example of Facebook now making it easier for admins and event creators to plan and schedule posts on Facebook event pages. So uh, looking at this image, you can see that they would have the option to write a post and then schedule it for publishing on that event page at a later time, a later time, like, you know, for example, a, a welcome greeting or a, a follow up question for an event, because, again, mm -hmm. you want to um, prime your possible event uh, attendees ahead of time uh, before they come to the event. And you want to have kind of a content calendar for that. So this right. is pretty cool. Um, I have not seen it. I think it's out there, though. And uh, and Mike's mm -hmm. seen it. I, we've got some other people that are here saying it. They're using it and they've seen it and they're using it. So that's cool. Uh, so, yeah, nice. heads up on that. Go check it out. If you're a, a Facebook events uh, page creator, um, go and check that out. Um, there is other news, though, in the Facebook event creation realm, which is that <laughs> Facebook has confirmed that it's currently experimenting with a new feature that automatically creates Facebook events using information found with within page posts. And so uh, Facebook told Adweek that they are making it easier to connect with people in person by offering a dedicated place to browse for events that match your interests. They're going to make it easier for event creators to create these because it'll be based on text you've already posted on your page. So uh, again, this is still a test, but Facebook has officially commented on this one at least. Yeah, that's I mean, that's pretty interesting. I don't know that I would want Facebook to automatically create an event for yeah. something. Yeah. But I mean, it, I mean, it does it, it maybe for people they wouldn't have thought to create an event and, and realize, hey, that, that's a good idea. I should do that. Yep. Okay. Next. So in other Facebook news now. OK, this one is a little is a little trickier. <clears throat> Excuse me is a little trickier. This is um, Facebook is testing. This is found in the wild by Matt Navarra and Facebook tests rewards features for pages. So Facebook appears to be testing a rewards program feature for pages that takes admins through the step-by-step -step process of creating and setting parameters around a reward program if they don't already have one. And it also provides some insights and on those on who's participated in the reward program, et cetera. So this is like the first screen, welcome to rewards. You don't have a reward program. And so it allows you to create it. And then you go through and you can name it, give a description of your reward program, set up. This is called a reward card. So choose the color of your reward card. And then you also get to choose how customers will earn the reward. So I'm, I'm assuming this is, meant for stores, Facebook shops, um, because you can do it based on a point. Like if a person scans a code or enters a phone number, they get a point at checkout, or it can be based on the amount spent. So, you know, depending on how much the customer spends, you can give multiple points based on that. And this part, um, and then, then you can name the rewards that you give you can come up with whatever your reward is and then how many points it takes to get that reward. And then you get a preview of the card and as a person's name and the points and how far they are away from winning that reward. And so 
This is a page that shows the insights, like the available rewards, what the reward is, how many points are needed. And down here, it shows shops and what shop you're adding this reward to. So again, we don't really know much about this other than it must be it must be tied to pages that have a shop in conjunction with their page. And you can set up a reward program. I think they're you know, probably trying to compete with the likes of Shopify, mm -hmm. Big Commerce, etc., and add some of these features so that Facebook shops can become more full featured, and maybe you won't need a Shopify store, and Facebook can keep you in Facebook forever. Yes, that's that is their ultimate plan. No, um, uh, in other Facebook news, Facebook is currently testing Voice Clips, a new status update option that allows users to share audio clips with their friends and followers. So Voice, voice Clips could let people share, you know, personal content even when, you know, they're home and not anywhere interesting and don't have video to capture, but they want to, you know, create a an audio clip. It's not Facebook live audio, it's actual recording and then put up as a post type that is an audio clip, a voice clip. So I could see, again, thinking from the um, podcaster in me, um, mm -hmm. I could see easily holding my phone up because I don't see a way that you can like upload a file, but you can hold the phone up, press the record button. And if I played the the audio out of somewhere nearby that was uh, a clip from my podcast, um, then it could be there and you could click play and actually literally, literally listen to it um, as an audio clip post. And it's kind of like a trailer for your, your podcast or other types of content, to be honest. So. Right. I think this is pretty cool. I think it is too. I, I'm going to be interested to see how people use this. And there's so many creative people out there. This is going to be. And, and there are people out there who uh, fear going live, but they wouldn't mm -hmm. necessarily fear talking and putting an audio clip right. up there and then having people comment and, you know, on it. Uh, if, if people are familiar with the, the app Anchor, this is similar to that, but built into Facebook. So that'd be pretty cool. So yeah, and TechCrunch was TechCrunch was pretty honest about it and said, "Well, if you aren't attractive on screen, <laughs> you can do a voice clip. If you have a face for radio, yeah. you if, can use." A if voice you clip. have a if you have a face for Facebook voice clips, then this is for you. <laughs> this is for you. Wow. Okay, so um, Facebook expands a breaking. Excuse me. Facebook expands breaking news tag to more publishers. So last year, Facebook ran a small test in the U.S. that allowed a small group of local and national publishers to identify and label instant articles, mobile and web links and Facebook live videos with a red breaking news tag. And this week, Facebook has announced that it plans to expand this test to 50 additional publications in North America, Latin America, Europe and Australia. And then if that is successful, then, you know, they'll make it available to more publishers. And this is what's kind of interesting. I found interesting. The tag is Facebook says the tag has no direct impact on a post newsfeed ranking, but it also says that it's considering some ranking consequence. So they also have said that just the visual cue of having that red breaking news tag has led to boosts in engagement, including a 4% lift in click-through rate, 7% lift in likes, 4% lift in comments, 11% lift in shares. And now that we all know how hard it is to get any engagement, 
organically, that little red tag could become very, very important. So Facebook is trying to figure out a way to surface breaking news while it's happening. And it the eventual goal of becoming more of a destination when big things happen the way Twitter is. So, you know, instead of us rushing to Twitter when we hear about something, we'd rush to Facebook. So there's going to be some limits on tagging or labeling content. Publishers are allowed to use the label once a day, though they will have a pool of five extra labels to use each month. And Facebook will allow the label to remain on the link for up to six hours, but the publisher can set a time limit less than six hours if they want. And um, yeah, that's it for breaking news. All right. Uh, Last two news items real quick. Uh, remember that Explorer feed test that Facebook did? Uh, they found out you don't like it. <laughs> you, you don't want two separate feeds. And essentially, that's yeah. what uh, Adam Masari, head of the Facebook news feed, announced. He said, we hear you. We've stopped the test. We're not doing two news feeds. It'll be one feed. End of story. Yep. And the last little bit of news, Workplace by Facebook debuts a new mobile admin panel. This is replacing the dashboard, and it's now called admin panel. And it's for people that want to be able to monitor metric, add new users, take actions on content, etc., all from their mobile phone. They can do so now. So go Workplace. Very cool. That is it for this week. I want to say thank you to Jeff C. for handling the simulcasts, Grace Duffy, our show producer, Kim Reynolds, our co-host, and you can get this show on your calendar. Go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. You can also listen to this show on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher with new episodes publishing every Monday. Don't forget to grab your virtual ticket if you haven't already to Social Media Marketing World 2018 at smmw18.com. And by the way, wherever you are watching slash listening to this, would you hit share? Share it with a friend. Share it with somebody, a coworker who needs to hear or watch this video and or listen to this show so they can stay up to date on the social media breaking news. We will see you next week, Friday, March 16th at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Again, you can find that link and everything you need to do to attend in many different ways by going to socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. And with that, we'd like to say thank you and have a great week. Bye, guys. Have a great weekend. Bye. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.